Hello. QueerAF is now an independent community interest company. Our podcast's first four seasons were funded by National Student Pride, and so there might be some old calls to action in them. For the most up-to-date info on our podcast that funds budding LGBTQIA plus audio producers, visit wearequeeraf.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter that sums up the LGBTQIA plus world and supports queer creatives kickstart their career. Enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody. Good afternoon. Lovely, Hello. lovely to be here. Uh, this is also being recorded for the National Student Pride podcast. Now, normally it's Charlie and James who produce that, but they let, let me take over the podcast, a 20-minute podcast, and it is worth you knowing that it exists and goes out throughout the year. So follow the podcast, uh, National Student Pride podcast. You can download it on iTunes or wherever you normally get your, uh, your podcast and listen to that. But we are very pleased to be able to talk to Ollie a little more about relationships, sex, mental health, uh, maybe we'll do a little bit of politics too. Um, Ollie, so much to talk about, and we've got about 20 minutes. Expand on the relationship stuff. How, what's your longest relationship? Oh my God. <laughs> about a year? That's my longest relationship. And yeah. <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing that in your job, getting sex is very easy, but having a sort of a relationship is quite difficult. I wonder if that's the case. Well, yeah, and I actually think, I don't know, it's, I think that people tend to think that it's probably easy to have a lot of sex. I don't actually think it's true because usually you're on a bus with 12 other men, which sounds great, but act, in actuality, <laughs> they're not men who, who you want to be sleeping with and you're just driving through the night and you don't really meet many, you don't meet new people. And, um, do you, have to worry? Do you have to worry about the fact that you're a very public figure and so some of the ways people might ordinarily go out and get meat, hook up or whatever, can you, can you do all of that? Well, actually, I used to... That's how I used to, The only reason I used to go out was so I would, could hook up. Like, that's why I wanted to go out, you know, like, meet guys. Um, and then when the band took off, it became, yeah... I was like, oh, I'm not sure how to still do this because it felt a little different yeah. to being just like an anonymous. So I'm still trying to work that out, to be honest. I think this whole thing about relationships and what is right for, for people is one of the... I think it's a, it's a great thing to have a conversation about that. Actually, in the Attitude interview you did, I think it was about a year ago, you did a really good interview with Attitude. They ended it with you talking about relationships. And I'm going to read what what you said, okay? Because it was pretty... One of the great things about being queer is that you're more open to non-normative lifestyles and you don't have to subscribe to the same shit that everybody else feels they have to. Yeah. Tell us about... What, what sort of relationship do you want, Ollie? I mean, what, what, what do you want in five years or ten years? What do you want your relationship... What's, what's your kind of ideal relationship? Or is it being a bit, you know... 
not having one, because it's perfectly, perfectly possible. Well, I think I'm still figuring it out, because um, I've had different kinds of relationships. My last relationship, I had an open relationship, um, which is the first time I've ever experienced that, really. With a, you know, and I think that brought up different challenges and different... You have to be extremely honest with your partner, and you have to really go into a lot of conversations that you might not necessarily want to talk about, because I think, you know, traditionally, we're not used to kind of talking about sex and, and sort of how you might want to have sex with other people or how other people make you feel or, you know, that's a difficult conversation to have with a partner. But um, in terms of what relationship I've won, I don't know. I think actually now I spent a lot of my early 20s going from back to back to relationship and now I actually really like being single and I think yeah. I'm just going to stay single for a bit. I mean, my own view is, I mean, I'm in my 50s, so there's, with the generation apart, I, I must say I, I valued my singledom when I was your age. And then I definitely, definitely wanted to fall in love, and I wanted someone to fall in love with me, and, and then in the end, you do. And, it, and I have to say, I'm, I'm very happy in that. And I, I, I mean, it is a bit boring. It is a bit sort of heteronormative and everything. But no, I do, not, I, I, no, I know you're never condemning. But I think actually, after about 30 years, finding something to do on a Friday night becomes quite hard work. And just knowing that you've got someone who you're going to spend your Friday night with, it, it just becomes kind of such a relief and a kind of... <laughs> so I, I, I basically think relationships, heteronormative or other, are, 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 are really great. But the issue of open versus monogamous, that is a really interesting issue, isn't it? Well, I it? don't think we should be pitting those two against each mm. other. It's not no. like one is better than the other, or, you know, they're both very different. Um, did just... you want it to be open, or did the other partner... But boyfriend Actually, wanted. both of us did, yeah. yeah. We just, um, and I think we just don't really allow ourselves those discussions, really. I think, no. you know, we're all kind of taught one relationship model, uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of bonkers that, you know, your partner has to be your best friend, your protector, your lover, your confidant, you know, they sexually fulfill you, you know, it has to be so many different things, and that's a lot for one person to deal with. Yeah. And not everybody... It's just crazy to me how different and diverse we all are, but we have one relationship... You, standard, you know, which is sort of like you get together, you settle down. Are you a jealous right. guy, Ollie? Because, I mean, the, 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 the problem with the open relationship model, and it has a lot to commend it, is that partners get jealous of each other. However grown up you think you're going to be, however sort of strong you are, yeah. at some point you think, are they going to fall in love with somebody else, or is, are well, they someone, too close? If someone's going to fall in love with someone else, that's going to happen, whether you like yeah. it or not. It doesn't matter if you're in an open relationship or not. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very tricky. Um, Ollie, you're one of the people who've spoken most bravely and, and, and articulately about uh, mental health challenges you've had and, 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 and the kind of difficult background and the depression and such like. Is it still a problem for you? I mean, are you... Are you yeah, I, you, well, I think the way I sort of... Uh, see my, my own mental health j journey, <laughs> if you like, is um, it's something that lasts your, your whole lifetime, really. Yeah. Um, and you have bouts where it flares up and you, you're, I, I struggle more with you know, things where sometimes I'll kind of be in a more calm place, if that makes sense. It is, in a funny sort of way, if I gave you a button and I said you can push that button and you'll never have depression or the low points again. But you'll lose 15% of your creativity and 15% of the torment which has made you a brilliant songwriter. And you would lose some of the really high spots, the kind of 
elation that you have at points in your life, would you push the button or not? <laughs> um, I wouldn't, but I, 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 I think, you know, you can't really sort of conflate all of those, you know, experiences, I think, into one sort of package like that. It was a I stupid mean? question. Okay. It's I, okay. I, I forgive you for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Stephen Fry, who's obviously, he's, he's had bipolar, and he, he, he's, he talks of it, and he frames it as that if I actually had to push that button, he says he's not sure he would push the button, because well, he doesn't want to lose what it is to be Stephen Fry. Exactly. And all the things. Like, it's this, part of you. And it's, it's who you are, yeah. and I think we need to sort of be able to get close to our, you know, all aspects of our identities, and some yeah. of those aspects are... I feel like you're about to interrupt me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bullying. We've heard quite a lot of references to it today. Sometimes when I think about the work that still needs doing for LGBT plus youngsters, it's not legislation. It's often about the stuff at ground level at school. Uh, and bullying is just such a, it's just such a problem. Um, have you seen Moonlight, the movie? Yes. Did that ring bells for you? I, I should say, by the way, Moonlight, uh, it may win an Oscar, may win the best film Oscar tomorrow night. There is a screening, a student pride screening tomorrow, four pound tickets. It is a gay themed film, and in the first um, act of the film, you do see a young guy who's a little bit different, a little bit gentle, and a bit uh, out of his sorts with the, the masculine environment around him and he is bullied. And it's actually, it's very interesting because it must have rung home to you a little bit. Well, I mean, I think Moonlight actually is an amazing film and it felt like it touched on so many different topics and areas. And I think you can't really talk about it without talking about race and how important yeah. that is to the film. Um, so I wouldn't want to compare my own experiences <laughs> growing up in Wales as you know, to the characters in the film, but equally, we know if you have been bullied at school, if you felt, you know, like you don't fit in, that is something that resonates, and I definitely resonate with I that. I mean, it's, there's another very interesting book out at the moment, actually, it's just come out, called The End of Eddie, and it's a French book. It was a huge hit in France two years ago, and it's about a young guy in a fairly poor village in France, and he's bullied, and he's gay, and of course, he has to escape and get get out. But it just, to me, seems like there's a theme everywhere of a kind of assertion of a, a, ver a version of masculinity yeah. that is imposed and kids seem to innately know what it is or to think what they think it should be and then try and impose it on everyone else. And that yeah. is the essence of it. And it's true in Moonlight, it's true in that book, The End of Eddie, it's probably true in your, your own childhood. Were, were you bullied at school? I wasn't bullied at school. No, I had a bit of experience of being punched, but I was a kind of cocky kid who was good at talking his way out of a situation. So I, I wasn't bullied. I was tortured by my cognitive sort of muddle about what my sexuality was, but, yeah. but was never bullied, never bullied for it. But I, I, just, I think it is just the worst kind of, the most egregious remaining problem, actually, for, for young LGBT. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Um, talking of that, let's watch your Glastonbury moment, because actually... <laughs> it's a really good, it's a really, really good moment. So look, we've had a reference to it, Cliff... Cliff uh, mentioned it a bit early. Let's have a look at that moment. We'll talk about it. Let's, let's watch, the, watch the video. To tell by the way that I'm dressed, I'm gay. And in fact, I'm in fact really, really super gay. And um, a year ago, we played the John Peel tent. And it was an amazing show. And I can't believe that we're here today. But what I keep thinking about is how in the last year, a lot of pretty scary and messed up stuff has happened. Now, as a queer person, as queer people, we know what it's like to be scared, and we know what it's like to live with fear as part of our everyday. But <laughs> tonight, Glastonbury, I would like to ask you to join me on Pride Weekend and say, no thank you, fear, to say bye, fear bye, to literally shove, shove a rainbow in fear's face. And all, okay? And all I have to say to finish is I'm here, I'm queer, and yes, sometimes I am afraid, but I am never ashamed because I am proud of who I am. Thank you and have an amazing pride. <laughs> What's very nice is there's a gang here who actually know it off by heart. What did it feel like when you were doing that? Because you were, you were sort of, you were, you, were, you, were, you were out of breath. Was that hyperventilating as you were kind of aware of what you were doing, or was that just because you'd been doing a lot on stage and were tired? Um, I think probably a bit both, but I was so nervous. Um, yeah, I like, after that, just, I just cried for about like 20 minutes after that speech I came off stage, because <laughs> it was so, I mean, <sighs> Yeah, exactly. And I still go on stage, you know, and I still get a bit scared because I think there's probably people in this audience who want to, like, punch my lights out. Like, I still think that way, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there probably is. But when you well, maybe did there that is. and the crowd oh. cheered, you know, you'd, you'd gone from sort of being bullied for being different at school to a moment on stage, open and cheered. Yeah. Big deal. <laughs> yeah, and it is. We're both tearing up here. I'm going to move straight on. We're going to move straight on. But actually, look, what was great about it 
was the self-confidence you projected, really. And sometimes, if you can project self-confidence, you make everybody else easier with your gayness or your difference or whatever it is. And if you look nervous and tense about it, other people feel a bit more nervous and tense about it. And it somehow, as soon as you just do that, it's just, it just it, it breaks all sorts of ice. It's, it's just great, really. Right. Well, I think what you're saying is right. Um, and this is pretty much how I have lived my life, really, is yeah, like, yeah, fake yeah. it so you make it. But I think, actually, that touches on an area where I think, as queer people, we are, we're sort of forced into this narrative of being proud. And it's quite, sometimes can feel quite rigid, I think, because pride is so important. And like, of course, we want to be proud, but we can't always sort of, we don't always live this fairy tale narrative where we can stand, we want to stand on top of the hill and shake the flag and go, I'm, I'm gay and proud, because that's, I feel like it's a bit, it can be a bit reductive sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any points. I just wanted to raise that. that, that, um, that that's, no, that is, it, it, can be, it can be reductive. But there's a difference between being proud in the kind of vintage gay and proud way and just being sort of firm and gently kind of... Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm, totally. I'm not embarrassed about what I am. And if you cannot look embarrassed about what you are and shuffle your feet and look at your, you know... No, totally. I think it's really great. But I, I think you make a good point about it. I suppose what I maybe mean is I think it, it can feel like, you know, if you are someone that might want to bring up some negative part of the queer community or, or, or areas that you think there are problems, it can feel like that's, you're being a bad queer person. You're, yeah. not, you're not subscribing to no, being, that, 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 you know, and it's, that's something that I, I think about, I, want, I suppose, sometimes when I, it's just thoughts that I have sometimes. That's sort of, yeah, that's when we're sort of being, policing our thoughts and trying to, can we just do a quick one on politics? Because we are living, yes. and as a Newsnight presenter, I know this uh, as well as anybody, we're living in very interesting, interesting times. We are. You did say at one point, uh, Ollie, that you had a crush on Jeremy Corbyn. Is that a little daddy thing? A little daddy thing going on there? <laughs> um, I don't know, Evan. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a political crush, wasn't it? It was a, a more uh, political thing. Uh, he's had a very bad press lately. He's had a difficult couple of days because they lost a by I mean, what do you think is... Where are you now on, on Corbyn, Labour, socialism, oh, the well, UK? It's frustrating, isn't it? I, yeah. I feel really disappointed in the whole, in the whole Labour Party, actually, not just Corbyn. And I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a Labour supporter, and I, I, love, I think Corbyn is a great principled man, but I have felt very disappointed and frustrated, actually. Just but, but in what? I mean, just because he's not getting the voters in or because he hasn't articulated something you want him to articulate? Um, I feel like he hasn't been able to kind of be an effective opposition leader. Um, I, I, I'm like, I, I think I understand what he's saying that is against the Tories, but it's not really galvanising anyone to kind of support him. And, and his, the, his stance on Brexit has been really confusing and... I feel like it's, we're, I don't know, what are we going to do? We need someone to, to beat the Tories, so, I mean, I, I don't know. You, 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 were, you were a Remainer in the, in the referendum campaign, you, you, yeah. you said that. Have you looked, but it's a have you had any, have you thought sorry. about changing, have you changed your mind at all? Have you looked at everything since and oh, said, God. oh, it was, 
it, I, it, it's, it's going a, to be okay. It, what's so frustrating that we've been presented with this choice, this binary of like remain or stay. Sorry, that's the same thing. Leave or remain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like the, 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 the implications of it are so huge and far-reaching yeah. that literally no one knows. Like, so it's like now, now that I made a choice, I voted on a ballot, and I can see why people voted leave. I can totally understand that. There are some legitimate reasons why people want to do that. I get it. But it's like I fall on one side of the political divide, and I've just pledged myself to the rest of my life to some yeah. future that I don't. How I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. It's just annoying that this is what the conversation has become politically in this country. Is like, you remain yeah. or leave? It's just like, well, I'm going to ask I, you all. Sorry. I'm going to ask you. You remain or leave? How many of you remain out of interest? And how many of you leave out of interest? Woo! Wow. It's okay. So it is pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty. That's pretty overwhelmingly remain in this particular room. Are you? I mean, look, because the other thing is, is, is Donald Trump, and, and who's a, obviously not a British phenomenon, but is an American phenomenon. Um, I'm just, I suppose I'm interested in what you think is going on in the world, that societies, Britain and America, have become quite polarised. There's a sort of nationalism, obviously, in elements of Brexit. There's a lot of nationalism in the Donald Trump message. And what's going on there? I mean, because you, you, you were brought up in Yorkshire, which was a big... Leave, leave place. I mean, what, 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 what has happened to our society? Do you think? And I, I mean, I have my ideas, yeah. but I honestly really want to know what your analysis is because I, I think we need to talk to the younger generation much more than we do, really, and hear what they're saying. Well, and I'm I mean, sure there are a lot of people here much smarter than me about this, but I guess, yeah, my, I would. See, it's sort of a logical, logical outcome to more and more, you know, increased um, inequality. Inequality. Yeah. And yeah. So the people just, one one half say we need to change something, and then they vote for. Well, uh, it, that seems to make the most sense to me. I think obviously it's a very complex issue. Mm. Um, the you wouldn't boycott the states because of Trump, would you? I mean, you obviously go well, there. I never go. <laughs> no, well, I don't think so. No. I, yeah. There was this phrase Theresa May used about if you're a citizen of the world, you're a citizen of nowhere. Did you know that she said that? Do you recognize that phrase? She I was saying she if you're that. a citizen of the world, you're a citizen of nowhere. You strike me, and she meant that in a bad way. I mean, you know, you strike yeah. me as a bit of a citizen of the world. You're not, you're, you're not nationalistic, are you? You're kind of like... No. You travel, you, song, you sing in Poland or the US, you don't really... Yeah. I think she's making... I mean, we can't turn back the tide of globalisation, I don't think, or, like, the connectedness of countries and, and communities. I don't think that's about to be... Do, do you know what I mean? I don't think yeah. it's about to just go back to being separatist and isolated. Yeah. I mean, I know they're trying, but I think, it's, I think that's going to fail. It seems ridiculous. Do you yeah. agree? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I mean, I obviously work with the BBC, so I don't have any opinions oh, on right, it. Oh, right, okay. But, um, no, but I mean, in a way, that is the schism. That is, it's not left right anymore. I've got one of these. It's, it's not left right anymore. It's, it is global versus more, right. more nationalistic. I mean, that seems to me the, the schism. I, yeah. Let's talk about, about LGBT plus. We, we, we haven't got much more time. We've mentioned bullying, and that is a huge issue. What, what, what else? What are the big challenges for our community? We need to talk about sex. That's the great theme of the day. What, what still needs to be done? 
What are the well, issues, challenges? What are the ones that you feel in your own life? I mean, I think, I still think there's a lot. So, for me, I mentioned this when we were talking earlier. You know, if I'm holding my boyfriend's hand, I don't have a boyfriend. Saying that again, you know, in public, I, I, I still feel unsafe. Um, and it's just looking at why. Why is that? You know, why do, yeah. um, speaking for myself and as a gay man, why do gay men feel unsafe um, in that situation? And I think it's a very, it's a very like multi-layered problem. You know, because. We still grow up in a society where we're told that you know we're othered as, as LGBT people. You are, you are othered, and then that has implications. It, you know, it, your job, your employment, yeah. your relationships. If you want to have a family, you know, it affects everything. So, it's why I think some some people I think are of the opinion that because you know we have same-sex marriage, um, that you know gay rights is the, the battle has been fought and won, and. Um, there have been some incredible achievements. Believe in so me, there really have been compared to where we were right. 40 years ago. It's just amazing. But completely. But I just think you know, it's, people are still living yeah. with toxic shame yeah. from growing up in a society that doesn't that, that others them, and that affects the rest of their lives. And I think there's still so far to go with changing attitudes and hearts and people's hearts and minds uh, yeah. towards. LGBT I queer that, people. I think that's right. And I think there's, I mean, there's a sort of issue about, we want it not to be a very big deal. So you hold your boyfriend's hand. It's just not a big deal. You know, right. it's not a statement. It's not saying something. You're not trying to assert something over the taxi driver. It's just, it's just how you are. You're a bit of a role model, um, Ollie. And d does, that, does that put pressure on you? Do you feel a kind of pressure? Does it... I, well, I suppose, yes. I, yeah, but it just, I, I, I feel like I just, I'm frustrated there aren't more, well, more people. <laughs> you know, we have a problem with representation, really. You know, it's primarily just cis, white, gay men that are flying the flag for LGBT people in the wider, you know, cultural landscape. And that's great, but we need more diversity and more, you know, diversity of role models, diversity of representation mm. that, that can better give us a picture of an incredibly diverse community. We're so unique in that our community is built up of so many different genders and faiths and races, and that is not reflected in the, in, in, in the wider culture. And that's, that, I find that frustrating, the mo mostly. Where are you going to be in 40 years' time? What, do, what, what are you going to do in 40 years' time? Um, going to keep at the music? You're an actor. Uh, You're going to yeah. act more? Is that... I don't, I don't know. I hopefully, <laughs> I'm just hope, hoping to still be breathing, I think, in 40 years. So. <laughs> you're lovely, Ollie, and you're a, a, a great thinker too. Look, let's thank Ollie Alexander. Thank you. Thank you, Ollie. That's it. Thank, thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.